Lead to Win is brought to you by Leaderbox, a monthly reading experience curated by leaders for leaders. Learn more at leaderbox.com. Committee to Red Skelton said that any kid will run any errand for you if you ask at bedtime. Human beings have an innate aversion to sleep. Toddlers resist nap time. Children fight going to bed. Even adults seem desperate to cram every moment with activity until we finally collapse into bed after one last look at the smartphone. Maybe that's because rest brings us to a complete stop. Though vital for our well-being, it means calling a halt to all other activity. While we are at rest, we can do nothing, produce nothing, communicate nothing. And if we can't do anything, then why are we here? There's a story in the Hebrew scriptures that's held dear by each of the world's three major religions. It's a story about a group of people who were slaves for some 400 years. Their job was to make bricks. That's what they did day after day, seven days a week, for centuries. Then along came a deliverer named Moses, who led the people to freedom. And Moses established a rule for these newly liberated people. They had to take one day off each week. On the seventh day, they were to stop, cease work, do nothing. And here's the fascinating thing about the story. Some of them couldn't do it. Their work had become more than a job or a burden. It had become their identity. We're all slaves of a sort, aren't we? To smartphones, social media shares, weekly numbers, daily stand-up meetings, email notifications, quarterly reports. Sure, they're annoying, but they're also somehow addicting. Day after day, month after month, year after year, they become the evidence of our worth. Maybe that's why it's so hard to stop working, even for a day. Yet rest is good and important. We need it every day, and we need it for longer periods, too. The word sabbatical is derived from the Hebrew word Shabbat, or Sabbath. And it's not just the name of a day. It literally means to stop, cease, call a halt, do nothing. University professors are sometimes granted a sabbatical every seven years as a time for study, travel, and rejuvenation. Bill Gates is well known for taking two weeks each year to seclude himself for a time of reading and thinking. Even profit-centered companies like Intel, REI, and yes, McDonald's offer their workers a one- to two-month sabbatical after a certain length of service. The purpose is, as Stephen Covey puts it, is to sharpen the saw, to make their workers even more productive after a period of extended rest. In the days before chemical fertilizers, wise farmers would allow their fields to remain fallow every seventh year as a way of replenishing the soil. They understood that it couldn't produce year after year without wearing out. Every so often, you need a good, long break. When was the last time you took extended time away from work to refresh and replenish yourself? How could it affect your life, your work, and your family if you could just stop? Maybe for a month, maybe longer. What would happen if you took a sabbatical? Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt-Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work, succeed at life, and lead with confidence. And in this episode, we're talking about the incredible value of taking a sabbatical. 
As leaders, we tend to be energized and motivated by our work. That can make us resistant to taking time away. Yet the more we work, the more we get caught up in the nonstop whirlwind of activity that can leave us exhausted and ineffective. Today, we'll answer your top three objections to taking extended time away from work. We'll show you that this really is within your reach, regardless of your busy schedule. When we're done, you'll be fired up about the idea of taking time away to reset and refresh yourself. And you'll have practical guidance on how to make that a reality. Before we dive into today's subject, can I ask a small favor? If you're dependent on this podcast for ideas and inspiration, would you be willing to leave us a brief review? It'll take you just a couple of minutes and you can do it at michaelhyatt.com slash review it. We've made it really simple and we'd appreciate it. Dad, the idea of taking a sabbatical may sound a little strange to some of our listeners because traditionally it's been more common in higher education, for example. I can imagine a lot of people think it sounds like either a luxury or a waste of time. Right. So do we really need this? Well, there are huge benefits in a sabbatical for everyone. And this is something I've practiced for several years and I've really come to believe it. It's a conviction. But we probably ought to begin by describing what a sabbatical is. Yeah. A sabbatical is extended time away from work for replenishment. So when I talk about a sabbatical, I'm talking about something that's more than a mere vacation. You know, so it's probably something that's longer than a week. And it could be, you know, as long as you want it, but probably longer than a week. So like I had somebody tell me recently that they were about to take a sabbatical to catch up on some work to write a, a book that they right. needed to write. That's not really what you're talking about, though. <laughs> uh, no, and I used to think that was okay, but that's yeah. not really what I'm talking about. If you're talking about doing something completely different, mm-hmm. you know, like in the academic world, uh, you might actually do that. You might go off and research something that you've been meaning to research and you need, just need the focus time mm-hmm. and write something. You know, that's different than teaching classes. Right. So that may have a rejuvenated effect, but I'm talking about not doing work, right. resting from work. And it really goes back to scripture, as we talked about in the opening, but it's not just a religious idea. It's been used in other contexts for a long time, and not just higher education. More and more companies are seeing the value, like Patagonia, the Cheesecake Factory, Quick Trip, the Container Store, Timberland. And actually, we talked about McDonald's, but they started this in 1977, and they were the first big corporation to do it. But right now, only about 15% of companies offer a sabbatical, but the majority of Fortune's best companies to work for do. And the research, by the way, is pretty solid here. Sabbaticals improve well-being, and that benefits the employer in the long run. Well, not only that, but it's an incredible recruitment tool, I think, in an an increasingly competitive uh, market for team members. I mean, this is a way to really stand out. And as it turns out, it doesn't cost you any money. Um, so we offer a, a sabbatical here at Michael Hyde and Company. And the reason that we were inspired to do that was because of your experience. We offer a one-month sabbatical for every three years that you work for us. And uh, I'm actually a little belated on this, but I'm going to be taking one with my husband, Joel, this summer for the first time. I'm super excited to I'm do excited that. for you. We actually have eight team members that are doing that this year. So it's going to be interesting to kind of coordinate that at a larger scale, but I can't wait to hear what they come back with. So tell us how you got started back in, I think, 2011 with this idea of taking a sabbatical. That was, I think, back when you were still in the corporate world. Yeah. So I had just stepped down as the CEO from Thomas Nelson. I was still the chairman, but I didn't really have any operational responsibilities. And uh, a psychologist friend of mine said, you know, I think you really need some extended time away 
to kind of think about what's next, to kind of really close emotionally this last chapter and to turn the corner and begin to think about your future and what you want to create for this second half of life. And so I said, okay, well, you know, maybe I'll just take two weeks off. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, he said, no, I was thinking about like three months. And I said, well, what? There's no way I can take three months. I mean, come on. And he said, well, how much time do you think you could take? And I said, well, I think maybe I could get away for a month. And he said, okay, I'll settle for a month. <laughs> like he was bargaining <laughs> he with was me. He was bracketing you, like to use sales terminology. But it was extraordinary. Now, because he's a psychologist and because he'd been through this before, he really offered me some great advice. And he said, you know how when you go on a one-week vacation and toward the end of that first week, you're kind of itching to get back? Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of stir crazy and you've had a, as much recreation as you can stand. <laughs> he said, well, the thing about a sabbatical is you get past that. Interesting. So you get past that anxiety of the end of the first week, the beginning of the second week. And he said, then you begin to settle into a new kind of rhythm that's incredibly rejuvenating. Wow. And so mom and I went to Colorado. We went to our friend Ken Davis's home in Buena Vista, Colorado. And we were there for an entire month. Hmm. And first of all, being in the Rocky Mountains at 9,000 feet. In the summer. In the summer, in a cabin. I mean, we were hiking every day. We were fishing almost every night. And we were just taking time to read and breathe mm. and rest. And I didn't realize how tired I'd been Wow! after working. And I was taking vacations and all that, but how tired I was and how much my soul needed that, mm. how much my heart needed that. And I came back from that sabbatical with a whole vision, you know, for what I wanted this next half of my life to be. And really also kind of closing the door on my Thomas Nelson experience and putting that to bed and feeling good about that. It was it was just monumental. Sounds amazing. Okay, but I can almost hear the objections from our listeners. I can hear them from here. <laughs> In fact, uh, we've come up with a list of three. We've heard these before, right? So what's the first one? Yeah, objection number one, I don't really think I need this. Yeah. So I've got a list here of five good reasons Everybody should take a sabbatical. Now, I want to just caution people. Before you think you can't, like you can't afford it, you couldn't find the time, your boss wouldn't let you, whatever, just stick with us here for a minute. Mm -hmm. Just stay open to possibility. Kind of suspend your disbelief. Suspend your disbelief. Let us walk through these objections. But I want to tell you why you need one. First of all, to recharge physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. You're more tired than you think. You're more exhausted than you think, at a deeper level than you think. The average worker has four unused vacation days per year. Now, I have a theory about that, by the way, and I don't want to get us too far afield. But I think the reason it's hard to take time off is because that it's unfamiliar territory Mm -hmm. and it creates anxiety. When we're working, we know what to do with ourselves. This is why for years I drug my work into my vacations. Right. Because I didn't know what to do on a vacation. But I knew how to process email and keep up with the office and, mm-hmm. you know, work on some projects here and there and, you know, still have some kind of fun things in the in the middle of that. But this is why I think people don't take off mm-hmm. all the time they're allotted. Okay, so four unused vacation days per year, that's 662 million vacation days left on the table annually. Oh, my gosh. And we're forfeiting 66.4 billion in benefits by doing so. Wow. And we risk burnout. 
by not taking time to recharge. Research shows that you're 30% more likely to get a raise if you take 11 or more vacation days. Let me say that again. Write this down. Research shows that you're 30% more likely to get a raise if you take 11 or more vacation days. Why? Because a rested person is more productive. And more more creative. Focused, more creative. They're Mm -hmm. gonna get more done. People who don't use all their vacation days have lower performance and are less likely to get promoted. So that's the first reason, to recharge physically and emotionally. Second reason, to slow down and enjoy being. So I like what uh, comic actor Rick Moranis said about this. And I actually saw an interview with him where he was talking about this. But he said, quote, well, I took a sabbatical. I walked away from shooting movies because I couldn't handle the travel. I'm a single parent. I had young kids. And I found that keeping in touch with them from hotel rooms and airports wasn't working for me. So I stopped. Third reason, to feed your spiritual side. You know, I think this is an opportunity. I don't want to make this all about being religious, but I think there's an opportunity for us to connect to a sense of purpose, Mm -hmm. a sense of meaning, to find true north again. To just be still. To be still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And to realize that there's a bigger purpose to life than just running on a hamster wheel. Yeah. You know, earning the next paycheck. Next reason. To get clarity on your priorities and goals. This is always one of the greatest benefits I get from going on a sabbatical. Because, you know, when you're working and you're going at this frantic pace that most of us go on, it's easy for us to to lose a sense of our values or what it's all about, our goals. And this gives us a chance just to reconnect with that Mm -hmm. and realign, you know, course correct, make some major decisions. And then finally, to get on the same page as your spouse. Now, I know not everybody who's listening to this is married, but for those of you who are, this is an extraordinary opportunity to connect with your spouse or with your family because we rarely get this kind of extended time, you know, to just hang with each other, to have those kind of leisurely conversations that that don't happen when we're Mm -hmm. pressured for time. And this gives us the space for that to happen. Well, that was kind of the inspiration in many ways um, behind my sabbatical this year. So Joel and I together have four kids, the oldest of whom is just now 17. Um, That's hard to believe. I I don't feel like I'm looking for that. that. I don't know when I wasn't looking. Um, But, you know, you start to realize as a parent that your days are numbered with kids at home. And so part of our motivation in planning our trip was – how can we be intentional about creating a space to make memories and have meaningful, deep conversations, you know, without the intrusion of work or technology or or anything else? So um, we're going to be going kind of doing a tour of some of the national parks this summer. We're awesome. driving all the way from Tennessee uh, to Montana is the furthest place that we'll go. But we're going to go through uh, the Badlands and Glacier National Park and Yellowstone and Tetons Love and that. some other things. Um, but we're planning to just do a lot of fishing and hiking and sitting around the fireplace talking as a family and swimming. And uh, I anticipate that we'll have a lot of good conversations and probably some hard ones, you know, (laughs) probably have some stir craziness, but I think it's going to be one of those trips that our kids look back on as being uh, one of the most memorable things that we've ever done. As you've planned this, what are the kids thinking? Oh, they're super excited. 
you know, they're thinking right now about like what movies are they going to watch in the car because they haven't been to any <laughs> national parks yet. So they don't really have a big picture of, of what it's going to be like. I think the big kids, though, are thinking about board games that they want to bring and, you know, what kind of fishing are we going to do and what movies might we watch all together. And um, but there's it's interesting. There's just this desire, I think, whether they're the little kids or the big kids for connection and to be outdoors and to just have that extended time together. Um, it's just not something that most families are accustomed to doing, and it used to be maybe more common um, in the past, but we're really excited about it. Yeah, that's great. So, Meg, how is that different than just a vacation? Because yeah. we've we've known people who have done that kind of thing in a week. Right. And why is this different? I mean, well, other than just that it's 30 days. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we knew how much time we had. We knew we were going to take this period of time. We had a month to do it. And so that allowed us to do some things that we wouldn't do if we were doing kind of a flyby tour. You know, we do other vacations throughout the year. We take a trip, you know, to the beach every year and things like that. But there's something about no hurry to get back to work, to be fully present in an extended way with each other, um, to just be outside of our normal circumstances. And it's not really about entertainment. You know, this is not a an entertainment kind of trip. This is really about like nature and connection and uh, you know moving together and things like that. So I don't know. I just I think there's kind of like you said that restless thing that hits hits you hits me at least at about day five of a seven day vacation, you know, where I'm like, okay, that was great. Let's, you know, let's pack it up and go home early. Um, that hopefully will blow off the back at day five and, and we'll all be engaged and kind of deeper into connection with each other as the time goes on. Yeah. I, I think you hit it on something really important. And one, one of the things I've, I've seen some people approach vacations just like they approach work. And this is particularly true for high achievers. Yeah. It's like, how much can we cram into this week? Right. How much can we check off? And I remember taking you girls to Disney World back, I don't know how old you were, maybe 12 or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And it was one of those things where at the end of the week, I was saying, man, I cannot wait to get back to, to work just so I can rest. Right. You know, I was exhausted. Right. Because we just tried to cram too much in. This is not that. I mean, again, no. we get back to the meaning of Sabbath. It's to rest. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's like you said, to allow that space to be fully present. Hey, I hope you're enjoying our content. And I want to share with you a resource that I think you'll find particularly helpful. Can you believe that the year is halfway over? It is. If you want to recommit to those ambitious goals that you set at the beginning of the year, it's not too late. And I've got just the tool to help you do this. It's called the Full Focus Planner. For those of you listening who don't know anything about the planner, the Full Focus Planner is amazing. It's a physical planner to help you distill your big annual goals into daily actions. It's the missing piece in the goal achievement process. And we've got over 100,000 customers around the world who are enjoying greater productivity and greater success using this planner. Now, a single planner follows a 90-day quarter, helping you carefully craft each day to bring you closer to your big goals. And with our annual subscription, we deliver a planner to your doorstep at the beginning of every quarter, so you don't have to worry about breaking your progress or losing momentum. And with training videos, a high-achieving community, and an in-depth system and methodology, this planner is the best on the market. To claim your copy or to find out more, go to fullfocusplanner.com. Okay, should we go on to objection number two? Let's do it. All right. So this one often comes up and it's this, I can't be away for that long. 
Yeah, I think people really wonder if they can take this much time away. You know, there's kind of like two parts of it. If you're if you're in more of a corporate setting, will you be allowed to take that much vacation? Right. And then if you own your own business, how could you possibly step out of your business for a month or for two weeks or six weeks or, or whatever your goal is? Um, I mean, that's a major hurdle to overcome because you have to innovate to get there, whether it's a conversation with your boss and a pretty impressive sales pitch to, to convince him or her to allow you to do this, or it's setting your business up in such a way that it can be you know, automated or self-managing or you're empowering people on your team to run it while you're gone. I mean, those, those are real things to contend with, but I think what you know from your experience um, is that it's really worth it. It's worth pushing it's totally through worth that. It. But it, it requires suspending uh, disbelief, like we said before, right. and just kind of staying in the space and entertaining the possibility. And I think the question is, what would have to be true in right. order to do this? Not, why can't I do it? Yeah. You know? And so it's it, it could be very well be a limiting belief. And that's what I want to explore. Just don't yeah. be open to the possibilities you're listening to this that this is a limiting belief that's keeping you from this, that there's not anything objective out there. You know, there's not a law in your country that says you can't take a sabbatical, probably. Uh, the only constraint, most of the constraint is going to be in your own thinking. So some people say, I'm too busy. But is that really true? I mean, feeling that you're over busy is the very reason you need this. Right. Right? So uh, this may have more to do with internal limitations than real obstacles. Like, we like feeling needed. Right. You know, we get a lot of satisfaction and our sense of significance from work. And maybe we're f fearful that if we're gone for that long, they'll finally figure out they don't need us. Right. Well, I had my own experience with this last year. I took a month off for some family medical leave that was necessary. And it wasn't a sabbatical, but, um, you know, I, I had this whole kind of meltdown if I were describing myself around like, they're just going to realize somebody else can do my job, you know, and there's there's no point for me to be there anymore. And I'll come back and the, the hole will be filled up, you know, like when you throw a, a rock in the water. And <laughs> anyway, the hole was, fills up. Yeah, it was just really kind of like that um, self-defeating mindset. And of course, the truth is that rarely ever happens. And in fact, you're going to be more valuable when you come back because you're going to be rested and have more to contribute. You know, and that's another thing I would say to entrepreneurs particularly, because solopreneurs often think this, entrepreneurs think mm -hmm. this, that they're so uh, essential for their business that if they were to be absent, that the entire business would fall apart. This is yet another reason why you need a sabbatical, mm -hmm. because it'll force you to build a business that is sustainable without you. Yes. In fact, if you have a company that can't function without you, that's a failure of leadership. Mm -hmm. And so this will grow your leadership. And your team. And your team. And here's what has been my consistent experience since I've been doing this sabbatical since 2011. I come back and the team is in better shape than when I left. Mm -hmm. You know, more's been accomplished. I get out of their hair. They can make major progress while I'm gone. And they have to step up and they have to cover for me. And they, you know, that's a good thing. People get to grow as well uh, in that process. Our team loves it when we leave and they just tell us right to our face. <laughs> they say, we get so much done when you guys are gone. Can you, can you make sure to take those vacations at the same time or your sabbaticals at the same time? <laughs> okay. So other people might think, well, the boss won't allow it, mm -hmm. but you might be surprised. Don't say no for the boss. Right. You know, if the boss wants to say no, let the boss say no. I mean, probably nobody's ever asked. Right. And the resistance may be all in your head. Yes. And maybe he won't give you 30 days, but he might give you two weeks. 
Right. He might give you three weeks. Especially you be- if you can make a compelling case for why it's in his or her best interests for you to be gone. That is the critical piece. Exactly. Pull out the science. Mm-hmm. You know, the science will prove that you're on the right side of this. I would also, and this is how I sell my boss back when I used to have a boss. Well, actually, now my boss is you, I guess. But uh, <laughs> this is how I sell anybody on anything is I always try to put myself in their shoes. And I say, why is this in their best interest? Yes that I take this action. So think about that. Why is it in the company's best interest that you take a sabbatical? And then just start listing the reasons. Go in and make your case. Right. Well, for example, you might be a one-month sabbatical away from a million-dollar idea. If you come back more refreshed, more focused, more productive, if you're less likely to uh, leave the company because of that, if it enables you to keep your family together, so that you don't have to go through a divorce later or your kids going off the tracks. I mean, all that takes away from productivity at work. Mm -hmm. So you just got to sell it. So again, I would just say, don't make the decision for the boss. Give the boss a chance. What's the third objection? Third objection is I can't afford it. So one objection to taking a sabbatical is it seems unnecessary, but everyone needs extended time away. And then a second objection is that we can't possibly be away for so long, but that's probably a limiting belief. Now we come to what I think could be the biggest objection of all, which is I can't afford it, right? Right. And I understand the pressure. Um, Entrepreneurs don't get PTO, you know, paid time off. But I think this is another limiting belief, and this is a case where oftentimes strategy gets ahead of vision. Mm. In other words, you got to get clear on what you want before you allow the lack of resources to start limiting your vision. Right. Because in my experience, the resources don't show up until there's a commitment to the vision. So, and I want to get real practical on this. This is something that needs to go on your calendar. Yes. So it may be two years out. But put it on the calendar, be serious about it, and then work toward it. Like most things in life, there's this power of incremental change over time. You know, it may take you a while to save for it, to make it possible. But where there's a will, there's a way. Also, I mean, you may not think you can afford the time, but you may also think you can't afford the money for some, you know, big elaborate trip. But in that first example that you had um, in your own life on a sabbatical, I think that trip was a gift to you, wasn't it? It was totally a gift to us. You know, we were able to go to a friend's uh, vacation home and we had to pay for our food, which, oh, yeah, we would have had to pay for that right. anyway, right? So there was, the, we had to pay for our airline tickets to get there, which I think we actually used um, miles that we'd accumulated. Mm-hmm. So it cost us no more than living here in Nashville. Right. Well, and I think that's the the big idea. Certainly, you could plan some super elaborate European uh, sabbatical or something like that, and maybe at some point in your life, which I've done too. Yeah, you'll fun. have the opportunity to do that, which is great. But there's also very modest ways to do this. It could be camping. It could be using a friend's house. It could even be a staycation. Although I think you have to be careful about that one, um, just to make sure that you don't try to plug back into work. But there are a lot of ways to accomplish this that won't become apparent until you set the vision for it. Yeah, and and again, I would just say start small ish. You know, I've talked before about. Um, my friend Danny, who I challenged to do this, mm-hmm. and she started with two weeks, mm-hmm. and that was last summer. And this summer, she's doing three weeks, That's and her awesome. goal is to get to four weeks. But she's taken baby steps, and she's so proud of herself, and I'm so proud of her, and it's changed everything for her. 
That's awesome. Okay, so today we've learned that everybody wins when employees take a sabbatical, or for that matter, bosses take sabbaticals. And we've also learned that you can do it. This is within your reach. As we come in here for a landing, I just want to remind you that nothing moves until you do. So step out, take the risk, and put that sabbatical on your calendar. Yes. Dad, do you have any final thoughts for us today? Yeah, I'd like to end with a quote from David White from his book, Consolations. He says this, quote, Rested, we are ready for the world, but not held hostage by it. Rested, we care again for the right things and the right people in the right way. In rest, we reestablish the goals that make us more generous, more courageous, more of an invitation, someone we want to remember, and someone others would want to remember too. Isn't that great? Mm -hmm. I love that so much. As we close, I want to thank our sponsor, Leaderbox. It provides automated personal development in a box. Check it out at leaderbox.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can get the show notes and a full transcript online at lead2.win. Thanks again for joining us on Lead to Win. And if you like the show, please tell your friends and colleagues about it. And also, please leave a review, which will take just a couple of minutes. Simply visit michaelhyatt.com slash review it. This program is copyrighted by Michael Hyatt and Company. All rights reserved. Our producer is Nick Jaworski. Our writers are Joel Miller and Lawrence Wilson. Our recording engineer is Mike Burns. Our production assistants are Alicia Curry and Natalie Fockle. Our intern is Winston. We invite you to join us next week when we'll review the latest travel gear, tips, and apps that'll take all the stress out of your next out-of-town trip. Until then, lead to win.